Hello, I'm H and welcome to We Should Go For Coffee, the podcast where we talk about growing up and how weird it is navigating your early 20s. about an hour and a half into our second lockdown here in South Africa. Um, 2020 is almost over and you know what that means? Corona is magically going to disappear. Um, all the holes in the ozone layer are going to close. Um, bigotry will just completely disappear overnight and I'm not going to have to eat ice cream every second day. <laughs> yeah. So... Why do I come to you, my friend, for a talk at the early hours of the morning in what seems to be such a weird time? Well, I've been thinking. And this is not to say that I don't think. I think it's pretty clear by now that I spend a lot of time thinking and a lot of time talking. Um, but I've been thinking a lot about, um, the, not necessarily the year, because I think the whole construct of putting time, like specific time and bunching like months together and putting into a year, like everyone blames 2020, like it's 2020's fault and 2021 is magically going to solve everything. I find that rather odd and bizarre and kind of silly because, you know, there's seasons, first of all, just as weather. So, you know, you get different vegetables at different times of year. So that's realistic. Time is real in that way. And you get seasons as a person. So I think what's better to put, better way of phrasing it is that through this current season that I've been going through in my life, I've been reflecting about it and trying to compile things that I've learned, things that, about myself, about the world. Um, and just generally trying to make sense of where I'm at um, in order to better figure out where I would like to go. Because I think that's a scary thing about what the season has taught us and what the pandemic might have done to many of us navigating such an early part of our adulthood. It kind of steals your dreams. <laughs> And it crushes your hope. And I'm laughing like it's funny, but it's not funny. It's very sad. Because it's so easy to go into your early adulthood with so many dreams. Um, You know, you're wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. And then the world happens. So they're already, you know, you get knocked down. But I think the season, furthermore, has just completely... <laughs> wasted any little fraction of hope I had left. So in this introspection that I did where I was thinking about me, a lot of what I've learned in this season um, is really about taking up space in this world, how I take up space, um, a lot of personal identity issues that I needed to grapple with, understanding my place in the world. Not to say that people have places, but I guess because of all these systems of a the systems of oppression are placed due to capitalism, um, it was necessary for me to understand that this is how I'm going to have to operate in the world being this kind of person. Um, and I think that's normal and it's real. And despite the pandemic, I think people would have gone through it. But I think the pandemic has really afforded me time. And so we live in the golden age of information. So there's so much access to things, um, which is really great if you're sometimes struggling with your personal identity 
identity. It allows for you to find people um, and information that will give you clarity and give you understanding or at least help you find community or at least just feel a bit more seen, a little bit less alone, which is nice. But I think in grappling and understanding my space in the world and how I would like to take up some space, because I think that's the funny thing when you're not at the top of um, the privilege hierarchy, is that you're often scared to take up space or you feel like you can only take up a limited amount of space. Um, and it's almost this radical thing when you decide, you know what, I'm just going to take up X amount of space. X literally, by its definition in math, like an undefined amount of time. Like, I'm just going to go and let myself exist how I want to exist. And the environment can shift around how I, I choose to exist kind of thing. And that just is so bizarre because at the end of the day, you need to shrink yourself and make yourself smaller, make yourself more palatable in order to survive. And just to say, it is what it is. This is how I am. This is how I behave. This is how I want to live. Because the amount of oppression I'm going to face is going to happen regardless of how palatable I'm going to be. And if I'm going to go down with this ship, at least I'm going to go down with the ship being me. That's apparently very radical and very crazy. And I think living in a space where where the way living is just still such a radical and crazy thing <laughs> living in 2020 where you know so many parts of your identity people are so multifaceted so i could just i could say oh you know make this a race and gender discussion but I mean, that would be so, so untrue because our experiences of people are so much more than just that. And, you know, to make a list, I'll surely leave out some parts of personal identity. But I think that's the important thing. Looking at ourselves as holistic people and giving ourselves permission to be multifaceted is like the first form of just fuck it to the system. Because capitalism wants you to just be one thing. It The world is full of this or that. You're either white or non-white. You're either male or female, which is not true. I'm so stupid. Um, you're either gay or straight. Um... Insert most, you know, you're either a believer or not. Things like that. Um, you either want pineapple on your pizza or you don't. <laughs> no, that was stupid. I shouldn't have developed. I should have shouldn't have gone into humor. This is a very serious topic. But anyway, so that's a scary thing. So in understanding yourself, you begin to un and understanding the world. Once you start to reconcile it, you start to understand and to realize that the world has limitations for people like you. And that really sucks. And that is very traumatic and that's very sad. And I think that's a big part of the season and everyone's lives. And especially why I think... A lot of people are taken aback by the discontent of younger people is why are you so angry? The point of why people are so angry is because it shouldn't be this difficult and this traumatic just existing at this point in time. And if you think that people didn't protest for rights in many different spheres of being human, you know, just being able to love who they loved or lived or live where they want to live or express themselves or wear the clothes that they want to wear or live in a place that they want to live, or even just put their feet in the fucking ocean. <laughs> Sorry, I'm making hectic hand movements. 
then and yet we're still in a space like people have been fighting for basic rights for such a long time and the only thing i know for sure that is definitely different um is that i have the right to go to the beach i have the right to sit on any park bench that i want to sit on i can go through any entrance but even if i do those things am i actually welcome in those spaces <gasps> i'm not supposed to say that <laughs> Because the how, the laws have changed, but has society? Womp, womp. Yeah, and that's the frustrating thing is to live in a space where people are like, "You're free," but you're like, "But am I?" <laughs> Um, I think one of the best things I heard this year is where someone was saying um, how, you know, microaggression is death by a thousand paper cuts. And I felt like that's the best way to to describe it because so many people actually experience microaggression from so many different angles. And the fact is, if you're living your day-to-day life with like, let's say, even if it's a half an hour every single day where you'll experience some level of microaggression. This little half an hour every single day, and you times that by seven, and you times that by amount of days in a month, like you add it up in your life, that's a lot of time where you're just getting negative energy. And that's why people are so angry, and that's why there's a level of discourse. So I feel like that's very important to recognize where, you know, on paper, I might be free to do certain things. I might be allowed to do certain stuff, but am I going to do those things based on how society is built? Sometimes no. So that being said, and I think privilege and um, privilege, microaggression, and also um, you know oppression are all discussions for another day. These are things that I've. These are the kinds of things that I don't want to say I've only been reflecting on or me, or even use personal pronouns at this point, because I feel like everyone's been thinking about it, everyone's been talking about it, people have been very vocal about it, I've not been on social media, so I don't quite know what people are saying, (laughs) Um, I know what people are saying based on podcasts and YouTube and articles, Um, that's how I engage with the world, so I don't really know, so unless, you know, as I'm speaking to people in my inner circle are directly speaking to me over what or telling me or voice noting me um i wouldn't know just based off of what they put on social media but anyway so in the space of reflection and thinking about these kinds of things and where i fit in the world and how i want to live my life and choose to exist in this space i thought well maybe i should have some hopes and some dreams try and scrape the little bit of hope that's maybe left still (laughs) on the floor of my soul try and scrape it together um and try and build and regroup and try and move forward because what is the point of going forward if there's really nothing you want to do or go forward so one of my goals is to have a dog that's a great reason to get out of bed (laughs) every morning is for a pet the fact that i want a pet so that encourages me to do many things because I need to be a responsible person. I need to be able to look after myself. Um, I need to be able to build a home that is safe and good for another human being to come in. And I also need to be a stable person so I can parent my pet. So when I'm speaking about goals, I don't mean like, you know, become president and go to the moon necessarily. Although it's perfectly okay if that's what you want to do. I think more people should actually have goals to go to the moon and go to space. I think it was cool when we all wanted to be astronauts or i was very super corny baby i was like i want to be a cosmonaut because i'm not like other kids (laughs) 
but also a cosmonaut sounds flippin' cool. Astronaut, cosmonaut, the cosmonaut sound cool. And also capitalism is dumb, so yeah, I still think cosmonaut's pretty cool, but also, you know, stuff they did to animals. Anyway, I digress. But anyway, the point is, I'm scraping back, scraping the little pieces of hope, and I'm like, I'm going to try and build dreams, I'm going to try and build goals, I'm going to try and vision myself as like a fully-fledged adult. I'm going to try and think of, even though my puny little brain probably can't comprehend it, but I'm going to try and think of what I think it would be cool to be like if I finally came to my final evolved form as a human, as an adult. Okay, that doesn't quite realize, but like, you know what I mean? Like when you're 40s and like you're a bit dope, like you have a pension, you have a cool house and you're like chill and you don't just get angry at everyone and every Karen doesn't make you want to scream in a corner. That's what I meant by like fully evolved form. Use it loosely. (laughs) But anyway, so I was trying to do that. And so in doing that, in building goals, you have to be like very realistic with yourself because if I found very difficult where you know basic things were just like you know I'd like to get a job and that's so weird because I've had jobs before so obviously deep in my heart says I should know that it's something I can do but because of how this year has gone I was like oof I am I maybe overstating it that I want this kind of job eventually you know a job that actually gives me medical aid and pension like do I really think I'm worth this and this kind of thinking when building goals or trying to look at my final evolved form got me into thinking and got me to realize something for myself. So this is not necessarily true for everyone. This is just something that is true. I know 100% is true for myself and could possibly be true for other people in varying degrees. But what I realized is, is I am an obstacle to myself. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that in inverted commas, as you know, a good, nerdy, sensible child throughout my life, I feel like, you know, I did extracurriculars when I was, like, a lot of extracurriculars, even though I wasn't very athletic, I did sport, I had good school attendance, I tried to do well in my my grades, some I didn't, not all the time, but you know, I tried my best, I read books, I didn't party very hard, in varsity my first year I did party a bit hard, but that was okay, I did very well in school, I studied really hard, I did good placements, good attendance, you know, then came into my adult life, never did anything very shocking or very scary, even if you did, that's okay, the point being that when I'm saying I'm my own biggest critic, my own biggest problem I'm saying this not in the conventional way where people are like you know I'm black swanning myself but like I put out the outfit I'm gonna wear to an interview and then I cut off the sleeves just before I go or I don't know why purposefully don't polish my shoes I don't know the point is I sabotage myself in the fact that I make my mental space I allow it for it to be a very hostile space for myself so even though the world is a hostile space just in general for for people and then for people like me too and that's something I can't control like I can't control that when I go to the grocery store I'm gonna experience microaggression every single flippin time even though sometimes I won't go to the grocery store for like two weeks (laughs) and I will push it and I will change my meals and I will try and portion things just so I don't have to go because it becomes so unpleasant like I can't control that but sometimes Something I can control is how I, what's going on in my head. 
to some extent. I had to put the little asterisks to some extent because obviously it's still a pandemic and the world is crazy. So it's okay for us all to not be in the best mental condition of our lives. And it's okay for things to be difficult. But I'm promising myself I'm going to actively try to do my best, to be the best I can be in my head. So I'm not saying I'm going to be perfect and I'm going to be good. I'm just going to do my best to do better. So um, first step is to stop telling myself I can't do things. The world will do that anyway. So rather let the world do that. I feel like that's a very basic thing. Way like some stuff I wouldn't apply for or wouldn't even try for just because I was like, nah, they probably don't want someone like you. And I mean this in different ways. Like 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 weird things my brain would come up with where I was just like, like I spend a lot of time in the mirror and I look at my knees and I'll just be like, well, that doesn't look so good. So imagine, you know, you're standing there and someone has to look at your knees. They're not going to pick you because that's not a pretty picture. Your body's such a weird shape. <laughs> Someone's going to pick that up. So it doesn't really matter what your face looks like or how you talk or even the contents of what you're saying. Your body shape is weird. So probably shouldn't even apply for that. It's not going to work. And that's really stupid, obviously. I'm speaking about myself as if I'm not myself. <laughs> as if we're gossiping behind H's back. I mean, like, that girl thinks she has a weird body shape because she has not needs. How weird is she? But I think it's important to note because I feel like we all have these kinds of thoughts where it's like the world is so quick to shove us down. And then we just give ourselves, like, a double whipping as if we weaken ourselves so much so by the time it gets to the world they just have to push the, like they just have to do the final blow and it's like a knockout and we're finished and i think it's scary for us to try and lift ourselves up because we live in such a self-absorbed world we live in a, a time where people are so arrogant and so narcissistic um where people just like you know that hype up culture where you know you stand in front of them and you're like you're the, the best or like you take a selfie and you're like oh i look so fresh and i look so cool where it's like the self-indulgent type of way of speaking to yourself but even if you're being self-indulgent it doesn't necessarily mean you're trying to fool your self-esteem and having mental mental headspace and I think that's something that we need to chase after a bit more and at least try and go for and I think if you're critically looking at like what the things you need to say to yourself like for example me about my knees and me having a lot of body image issues and I realized a lot of that's rooted in a lot of like white supremacist views on beauty and also it's very sexist to think me as a woman that when I'm applying for a job my beauty has some level to play into it and I was like h no that's not actually under that's not true because at the end of the day it's about how i can do the job so it's really the contents of my mind and also the contents of my heart because personality and being part of a team is also important so me me completely reducing myself to my body shape is really demeaning towards myself and if someone was to say that about me because i've already demeaned myself i probably accept that kind of behavior even though it's not okay and it's super wrong so what is important is to kind of do away with that little voice in your head that's like oh you're not good enough I don't like and the funny thing is the little voice is so unqualified and comes from such a silly place it's like I've never heard that voice tell me like oh but you don't have the right experience or you don't have the right personality I'm speaking now like purely about jobs because I feel like it's the easiest way for me to describe it but I can it can mean other things as well but yeah so I think the first step for me personally was just like 
Okay, maybe not to listen to that voice. <laughs> because if I told you that voice still doesn't go on, I would be lying. I talk a lot, you know me. So you know my inner voice is a mouthy bitch. And she carries on going. And she says a lot of nasty shit. So... <laughs> kind of live with her i tried naming her because i heard um i was watching drag race like old episodes i think it was jinx monsoon's season it was an old season very good season and then i think i don't know if it was the season after it i don't know but anyway i was watching one of those earlier seasons and one of the queens said that they actually named their inner voice inner saboteur and so i tried naming my inner saboteur with my sister and then i just named it after people that had been really mean to me in my life and then it just dredged up a whole lot of issues it wasn't good it was a bad idea really bad idea and so now this person my inner, my inner voice doesn't have a name <laughs> um but they're definitely there but the first thing is to not listen to them or sometimes what's best is because she's always talking i sometimes kind of say it out loud even if it's to someone else and then you kind of realize how stupid it is but also sometimes it's not best to talk to someone else because sometimes if you're vocalizing some of the stupid things your um your inner critic is saying then you're just opening yourself for ridicule um but i guess maybe you can say it out loud to yourself kind of like what i'm doing right now where I speak about myself kind of in the third person type way where we're gossiping about age and we can't believe that she has a stupid little voice inside her that says weird things so yeah so those are two things i guess i gave you so first of all try not to listen to them second of all maybe analyze it take yourself out of the situation i actually read an article about ways i google a lot how to be happy i google everything these days and also don't be embarrassed to google stuff like that if you don't like why is it not okay to google like how to build your self-esteem or how to set better goals or i mean it's a flipping pandemic first of all second of all the internet is here why not to use it and also like if i die and someone goes through my search history and they see me google how many times to be happy like i'm not going to be there to hear their thoughts so even if they laugh at me and they think it's dumb i'm not there and if they think it's sad i'm not there to be embarrassed so don't be embarrassed don't be embarrassed that you have a little time that's a big thing shame is a big part of all of this because your little voice will speak into your deepest insecurities and perpetuate a lot of shame within yourself and i think the most important thing for us to just move forward every single day regardless of whether we are achieving our goals or not ultimately we want to achieve our goals we want to build things we want to get better but the point is we need to let go of shame so if your voice is saying a lot of shameful things sometimes it's best to just be like no or just do the opposite and just be like no if the little voice is telling you well you're not good enough to apply for this or you're not good enough to try just try and i'm talking about positive things I'm talking about like you know apply for that job try to go to that school try and learn that language try and do that setup try and drink enough water every single day try and i want to stress like drinking enough water every single day like guys seriously that's life-changing it really does help being hydrated heavily underrated honestly for reals drink enough water guys anyways maybe i'm just rambling a bit because it's 
very early in the morning and maybe I'm a bit tired. Maybe also I'm just a bit freaked out because it's second lockdown and the spike is so huge. And I really, 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 really <laughs> was petrified the first um, lockdown. A lot of the practices um, I thought were really good. And, you know, when we finally went down in South Africa, I felt like so much better because I think one of my biggest fears is to actually get corona. I think I'm very scared because I don't know what it's going to do to my body. You don't know. Like, that's the problem. You don't know. It's like a lucky packet. There's different kinds of strains. And I think it's really negative, people that have weaker strains and how they talk about the disease. Because people die, and people will continue to die, and you need to be careful. So that was my public service announcement that I threw in there while I'm talking about my anisabitur and getting over it. But I think the interesting thing, and this is the next part, when you get past that whole, okay, I can't do it, and you just try to do it, an amazing thing happens. And this is coming from someone who is notorious for not having a very high self-esteem. Yeah. <laughs> Great parenting 101. Ding! Sorry, that, that was a bit mean, but it is true. I read an article and they were like, the time frame your kids build is self-esteem. And I was like, oh, shucks. Is 25 too old? Oh, oh okay. Like, <laughs> obviously, like, I can still build a self-esteem and I'm, I'm trying. But yeah, I was just really sad because when I looked at, I thought about those times in, in, my, in my childhood, I was like, oh, that's really sad. That explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so sad. But anyway, so basically, I used to make, yeah, basically my inner voice used to say a bunch of things like, you're not smart enough, you're not qualified enough, you're not, you don't have the right look, you don't have the right way of speaking, you don't have the right anything, like anything and everything you can think that could prohibit me of doing certain things that I really wanted to do, that voice would talk about it. And basically, a coping mechanism I developed, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, was kind of like just doing, going for certain stuff. So like, even if I'm writing a motivation letter on why I should get a job and my voice is telling me all the wrong stuff about me, it's to kind of like push through and to just try and do it. Because like shortly after, so if I see like the listing, I try and apply for it as soon as possible afterwards to give myself the least amount of time to build up negative, um, yeah, negative reasons on why I shouldn't. So kind of preempt that. I kind of just like jump head hidden, and I think that's a, one of the things that's that but one of the things I have because of the pandemic is time and I know not everyone has that so I'm very lucky in that way but basically just jumping on head and doing something so for example you could you know just post that picture on Instagram about that meal you cooked and you felt proud of might be basic but it's going to make you happy just do it and then you feel happy about it or maybe you know you have a dating app a lot of people do this where they match with people the people message them okay some people message people disgusting things and match the noise but maybe someone messages you like a really nice really like objectively good message and like some people just never reply and possibly one out of a billion people that do that maybe it's because all of a sudden i have this inner voice where i shouldn't talk to this person it's all downhill from here but maybe it is just messaging that person back maybe it is doing that job application like i said or just signing up for that language service, or just doing the course, or just going one day and just being like, I'm going to write my learners. I did that, but now we're in lockdown, so I don't know if I can write it. But anyway, that's besides the point. I will sort it out. I will persevere. <laughs> it's okay. 
<laughs> um, just sending an email. That's another thing. Or asking a question to someone. I think that's like a, a big deal. So that's another thing. Um, reason why I felt like jumping head into something and just doing it sometimes is better. Because oftentimes, like this negative voice, the more time you give, it comes up with irrational stuff like, oh, but you're not good enough for this job. And then if you manage to accidentally get there somehow, you're still so unworthy. This and this is going to happen. And when you get there, it's going to be so bad. And you're just going to fail. And you're just going to look like an idiot. And it's going to suck. And then you don't do it, which is really stupid because... Um, no, no one really knows what's going to happen until you get there. <laughs> you could think something is really, you could think something is really average. Like, you could think something is not special. Like, maybe you just saw it on, like, TripAdvisor or whatever. You actually go to that restaurant and it could be super duper amazing and the food could be really good and your mind could be blown. Or you could see, clothes is a great, a great example. You could see something on the rack and you could be like, oh, the color and the car is... It's whatever. And then you try it on and it looks really good because of your body shape and your complexion and it looks really great. So sometimes, yeah, so sometimes just jumping into it, maybe even sending an email, something really magical can happen. Like that's like someone could actually provide you with more information or like, wait, let me backtrack a bit. Like, with your brain coming up with all the negative responses, sometimes even in the negative, good things can happen. So hypothetically, you you get a job interview, so you apply for your job, right? That your brain is saying all those horrible things, and you do go for the job interview, but you don't get the job. There's positive in that. You are actually so much better than what your brain was saying, because you actually got an interview. That means your CV is impressive. Either the interview went, like, the interview is always a great time to practice, because it teaches you how to interview, how to sell yourself, what to say that kind of thing um also maybe you can also interviews are great because maybe you also didn't understand what the job was 100% about a lot of job ads are weird where they're not 100% clear and then it's also not possible for you to be 100% clear 100% of the time because you're not there you're not necessarily in the company so unless it's like a said job like you know what there's nothing because because <laughs> I was going to say like if you're a doctor because procedures are the same but the point is if you're applying at a certain practice it could be in an area that you're unfamiliar with so they could maybe have um you know malaria and you come from an area there's no malaria so just saying or it could be a teacher and it's a different syllabus because it's a different place um so see they can always be different stuff but anyway, through actually trying and actually experiencing, it actually give, gives yourself an opportunity to fail. And I think this is a really important thing that we maybe need to revisit as, I don't know if it's a generation or a complete society, but we need to reframe the way we look at failure. Because I know for, uh, for us younger people, failure is the worst. I know I think about, I, have, I can say this because I think about it in the same way. Like, I'm sometimes just too scared to tell people what's really happening in my life because I don't want people to think that I failed but you know what the truth actually is is that when you try you will fail so fail so failing shouldn't actually be the worst case scenario the worst case scenario would be doing nothing so someone so if you know someone asks you like hey how are you you know what have you been up to and you're just like yeah you know same old same old nothing really then I feel like that 
thought she'd be less embarrassing than saying, you know, yeah, I've applied for 80 different jobs, haven't gotten a single interview. That's That shouldn't be embarrassing. That should be like, wow, dude, you have stamina. You're actually doing it. And maybe by being honest and they're stigmatizing failure, that's going to allow people to actually get help. Because that's something I realized, you know, in dealing with my little inner voice being an absolute troll and getting the best of me is, you know, by me thinking so many negative things about myself and living in shame, it's very difficult for me to get access to people to help me with things because that that's all I need. <laughs> That's all everyone needs. I need some guidance. I need some advice. I need someone to look at myself. And if you're sending um, your CV to hundreds of places, is it the best version of your CV? Are people maybe using different formats? Should you be adjusting things? Is there a different way you can pre- present it that is more clear? Maybe, um, who knows? Maybe even you have a spelling mistake in your CV and you haven't picked it up because you've looked at it five million times. You literally just need someone to read it and they're like, hey, yo, you spell that wrong that's why you're not getting jobs you spelled that wrong and it's at the top page and now everyone can see it and now they think you're unprofessional boom fixed done move on with your life get those interviews get that job live your best life adopt that dog give that dog all the best care and love and attention buy jerseys for christmas and best toys and all your friends are just your friends if they love your dog boom Um, but I'm being dead serious. I think, I think that was another thing. The problem about being ashamed is about, is if I'm going to ask someone for help, then they're going to know that I want to try and that I want to do something and I want to get somewhere. Or they're going to know that the other stuff I've done has failed and therefore I'm trying these other things. And I think... I think we need to do away with it, set it on fire, maybe just pour a bunch of nail varnish remover over the entire system, light a a match and just let it burn and let's just rebuild and try again. Because it's really sad that after everything we've been through this year and now everything that we're putting ourselves through in our own mental spaces, that it's just so hard to talk about basic things that are difficult. And that's something I would really love and really want is if we could build a community here on this podcast where it genuinely does feel like we're having coffee with one another and we can chat to each other about things and we can share things and we can offer help and advice to one another. Because some of us are in different places um in our journeys regardless of age different places and different aspects there's so many we are like i said before we're all multifaceted people life is so many different things i mean you might have your second pet and i might be looking for my first job you might have just graduated someone might have just started you can be further in your journey you can lend someone else support and maybe the first step is a little bit of anonymity where we can just speak into the void and then someone else can be listening listening and helping and lending an ear and maybe it develops to us speaking directly to one another and just being open and being able to love more authentically and speak into our truths and say hey I'm struggling or hey I don't know how to do this I don't know even know how to begin can someone just point me in the right direction of where the flip they hide the Tabasco sauce in the supermarket. Just kidding. I know exactly where the Tabasco is. I just don't know where the turmeric is. But some grocery stores don't have spices. So that is possible that that grocery store doesn't have spices. I digress a lot. But they might just edit this out. So whatever. Yeah. But anyway, 
I think my biggest fear in life is that I'm going to look back one day and I'm going to look at everything that I did and how I lived my life and I'm going to realize that it wasn't because of capital, well, obviously to some degree, yes, but it wasn't going to be all capitalism's fault for where I was, that it was going to be a possibility that I just said no to myself too many times, I didn't try, I was too scared that people weren't going to like me to even talk to them and that I never learned how to ask for help. Because that's an integral part of learning. It's really funny how I love learning, but I'm also afraid to ask people for help. And so I guess I need to rework that because I don't, those two things that I just said don't really mesh. So I need to refer, uh, like rework my own way of thinking. And that's the important thing. Um, yes, we need to learn how to l- let go, but control isn't everything. But I can't let these negative thoughts in my mind just run wild and wreak havoc any longer. It's funny that I try to control literally everything in the outside world, but I don't try and control myself when, in fact, that's the only thing I can do. So if anything we can, any of us can do. And the truth is, we all have something to offer. Every single one of us is not only good at one thing, we're good at a lot of things. And even better than that, we're interested in so much stuff. So yeah, maybe we're not just going to have one passion in life. Maybe we're not just going to do one journey or live in one place or be with one person. But maybe we're going to have to try a bunch of things and maybe it's going to be a bit of chopping and changing and starting from the beginning and trying this again and going back to school and then doing that. And that's, yeah, that's so okay. There's nothing to be ashamed about. I think we need to learn to stop listening to those inner voices, just go for things before she catches up with us and click send before. That's the funny thing I've been doing. I was trying to, that's that's a really funny thing to actually say coming from me because something that's been happening. So after I send like an email, after I do something, I have this huge flood of doubt that just ensues because I've sent it into the universe. I'm like, this person's going to hate me. I always, like, after anything or even WhatsApp people, even people, like, I know, like, friends or people I've worked with for a long time, every time I talk to them, I'm like, this person's gonna hate me. And then if I tell someone, like, close to me that this is how I'm feeling, like, for what reason? I'm like, I don't know. They're just gonna hate me. And then I'm gonna die alone here. And everything's gonna be bad. And it sounds very dramatic, but I honestly believe and feel that most people actually feel this way now. And if maybe just admitting it is a bit comical and we laugh about it, then maybe we can stop doing all the bad things so much and maybe move on to better and brighter things. Because I think we deserve it. I really do. So hopefully the people that have made it this far, if you haven't, that's also cool. You're still probably a nice person. You just think my voice is boring. That's also okay. Um, but I really hope for you that you will be able to manage better, that you find your place in the world, that you'll take that risk and just exist. Sorry, I was making cool arms there for that rhyme, but it actually didn't. Um, yeah. So, as always, this has been H. And just to remind you that to tune in next time.